Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with me, Chris Haslam, and fellow founding member Paddy Shine. We will be talking to members of the band Past, Present and Future and other interesting folk we've met on our journey. To support this Nodcast and for access to more Nodness, please sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com slash innodwetrust or check out our music on Bandcamp. Nod bless. Sven. Svensk Psych Afton, the man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) Absolute fucking legend, man. Welcome to the Nodcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, my friends. You're right, Sven. How are you doing, man? It's good to see you, Chris. It's (laughs) such an honor. I never really thought that because I have a... I've uh, heard some of your podcasts, and I was like, okay. And then you asked me when you were at, uh, at the food festival in Copenhagen. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, what should we talk about? But uh, well, man, let's, just, let's just roll it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to talk to you, man. You're, you're, you're a legend, and you've been in the Nod Circle for, God, since I, 2009, I think was when we met you. 2009, 2010. Yeah, it was around this year when we, uh, I think you, uh, I ordered the first uh, Nod record from you and there was this, uh, and you, uh, this one that was released by Peria Child. Oh, yeah. Child, what was it called? Yeah. And there was, you, you had, uh, you had put in a, a nice little note uh, where you have handwritten some, uh, and it just was so nice. I was like, what a lovely dude he must be, man. So, uh, so yeah. So, so I think we we kept in touch, and then we met the first time when you when not came to Copenhagen and played like five or six gigs there during a weekend. Or yeah, yeah we yeah. did. We played. We Rasmus from the um, the bar. I can't remember the name of his bar. The bar on Kronoberg. Kronoberg. Yeah, yeah Kronoberg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we did some gigs there with him, and we played at a record shop. And yeah, I can't, I can't really remember. It was a bit of a wild, wild weekend. Slept on the floor. Yeah, you, 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 you played outside the Tolls' record shop. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah played, and, uh, I, I remember you played uh, what's it called, the Sumner Bullet's Tale or something outside. Yeah. There. Mm. Uh, we did two sets. I remember we did two sets in Rasmus's bar. And uh, one was one was electric, and the other one was acoustic. Yeah. And then uh, I think the day of the acoustic one, I think did did we use the record shop thing as a rehearsal or the other way around? I don't know. I think we just did remember. gigs. I don't, I don't know, but that's that's where we met. I remember. I specifically remember meeting you because you were quite a, a you're quite a tall, imposing character, a big dude. But with a big friendly face <laughs> and uh i remember we, we kind of all hit it off straight away really didn't we Do you know yeah yeah we did yeah yeah and uh yeah and quite shortly after i think uh, a couple of years later i visited you in uh in the middle right or 13 yeah. or 14. yeah yeah you came to visit us at the mill we went mushroom picking yeah, we've been mushroom playing. Found a lot of mushrooms in Todd Morden. <laughs> yeah, and I remember we went to uh, we went to uh, Indian Heads up in uh, and you found some of these yellow 
edible mushrooms. I can't remember what they were, what they were called, but these big yellow things, he found those. And then you came back to our house and cooked them up and they were absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I think it was my first sort of foray into uh, foraging. Uh-huh. Okay. Because you're, yes, yeah. you're a bit of a forager, aren't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of foraging. I learned it from my uh, from my grandparents in uh, in East Germany. You know, I was born in Germany, and uh, yeah, and my uh, yeah, and my grandparents. They uh, when I was little, my brother and I were little. We went out to their they had a little camping area, camping uh, place, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and they they taught me everything about foraging and uh, picking berries and all the. <laughs> The different mushrooms, yeah. Amazing. So that was in East Germany. Whereabouts in East Germany was it? Yeah, I was uh, I was born in uh, in seventy and uh, uh, near Dresden, south of Dresden, uh, close to like thirty kilometers uh, to the to the Polish border and thirty kilometers to the uh, Czechoslovakian border, as it was at this time, the Czechian border. Wow, and. Yeah. and and how long were you there? Where, well, how long did you live in, in East Germany for? Well, until uh, when, uh, yeah, that was 70. And then in the 71 or 72, we moved to, uh, my dad was a, was, a, was a highly, kind of highly ranked officer in the East German army. So he, had, he got a new job in the, in the northern part of Germany, uh, near, near Berlin and Brandenburg. And uh, and we lived there for uh, I don't know until uh, until eighty one. In seventy nine, my parents got divorced, and then my mom found uh, she met a, a Danish worker there in a steel mill, and they fell in love. And then uh, after two years of troubles with the Stasi and with uh, all kinds of shit going on, and uh, then we were then they said, yeah, you have now two weeks to leave the country. So they threw us out of the country and. Uh, yeah, and we moved to Fane, to the little island on the west coast of Denmark, where my where Tommy is from, my mom's new husband. Wow, that's amazing! Wow. What a fucking story! I mean, you have told us that story before, but even hearing it back, it never gets it never gets boring because it's such a it's this it's something like you it's like a movie or something. You know, it's like <laughs> the Stasi haven't getting chased out of Germany by the fucking Stasi. Wow. How, how old were you then, Sven? Um, I was uh, I was eleven. Eleven. Yeah, I was eleven. My brother was nine, so I was a. Uh, I just finished uh, the fifth class in East Germany, and at this time I had uh, uh, two years of uh, Russian in school. We had to learn Russian school already when you were a little kiddo, and uh, yeah. And then when we came to uh, yeah, when we came to Denmark, we uh, I had to do fifth grade again because in Denmark they had English there. So uh, yeah, so I did. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing for me. It was fucking great to move to uh, to uh, to this little island because uh, I was kind of getting in a kind of all kinds of weird troubles. We were a little kiddo gang, you know, and we were just doing bullshit, you know. So uh, we were we were in a, in this little, uh, you know, my mom, she's always been like this anti-authoric person. So uh, also with the music we listen to at home. And uh, yeah, so it's, uh, 
Yeah, for me, it was just great to get away from this uh, beton ghetto where we lived to this little wonderful island on the west coast and uh, wow. small houses with uh, yeah, with the uh, with hay yeah. on the roofs. You know, it was just uh, it was just great yeah. for me. Wow, and I bet you could carry on your foraging stuff. You must have been able to carry that on on the little island. Put your your skills that you learned from your grandparents to use. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, my um, from from uh, when I was a little kid, we, we started fishing because my mom was a lousy cook. My my daddy was always away. You know, he was in the army, so he was always away. So my mom was at home, or we were at home with our mom and. Uh, she was so bad at cooking. So usually, Kai and I, my brother and I, we went to we went to the uh, to the river and and caught fish, so we could uh, so we prepared our own meals. So on the, when we came to the island, we uh, we were fishing a lot, and then we started hunting there. You could get your hunter's license when you were fifteen on the island. Wow! So we went hunting and fishing and collecting amber. It's a very uh, there's a lot of sea was uh, salt in the water over there. So yeah. the amber comes very nicely into the shore in the in the fall period. Wow, nice! Yes, what would you do with the, What would you do with the amber? Uh, we sold it. Ah, to the to the local. Uh, it was uh, there were local people there that made uh, um, jewelry out of amber. You know, uh -huh. they, bro they brushed it and made some color figurines out of it and hearts and shit. And uh, and then you could get different prices for different kind of colors uh, of the amber, you know, when you had totally whitish amber, the milk amber, it was like, uh, I don't know, 10 chronogram and... Uh, wow. Yeah, so it was uh, it was good times. We found a lot of amber in these days. Wow, amazing. Uh, you mentioned before that your mother um, listening to music in the house, was that in, in East Germany? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom, uh, or we, uh, we listened a lot to music at home. It was, it was not a musical. None of my parents played an instrument or anything. But yeah. uh, well, my granny played mouth harp, and she okay. taught me mouth harp. So I can actually, I can play "My Row You Bold Ashore" on a mouth harp. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one? Have you got one with you? <laughs> Have you got one you with you? You never told see. us that, man. We would have got you on the mouth harp at a couple of gigs if we'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to teach us, Michael Rowe, you boat the shore, though. We don't know that one. But, yeah, but was the music... One, you know? It's a very so difficult what, one and a half. <laughs> was the music that you were listening to in East Germany, was it like contraband music? Was it like sort of tapes and records that were illegal like bootlegs of like western stuff yeah well uh, the the illegal stuff uh, the records uh, we got from uh, from markets in Poland and and, and in Czechia um, and then there was uh, the east german label called Amiga it was uh, yeah. it was run by the yeah by the it was a VB it was run by the uh, yeah by the state so it was uh, this music was uh, well, well, Amiga had uh, had had songs with uh, that 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 had gone through the control, you know. So it was it was licensed music. Okay. But we listened to a lot. My mom had uh, had Abba and Elvis and Bay City Rollers and uh, weird shit like Le Humphrey singers or what was it? Uh, 
Uh, Elvis, yeah, and, and some East German musicians like uh, Manfred Krug, some, uh, yeah, weird shit, yeah. you know. Okay, like Schlagen sort of stuff, or? Yeah, yeah, we also had, but, but we had some Beatles and some Rolling Stones at home, and uh, a little Elvis, yeah. Yeah, but maybe it was, maybe it was Schlager. My mom, she liked Schlager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> music for the people. So, so, what was it? What was it that brought you to the the music that you're into now? What was the thing that that? Because obviously, music's a big part of your life, man. You run a label, and you go to you. you well, I don't know if you still do, but you used to go to a lot of gigs. I mean, you, maybe you still do go to a lot of gigs, and you're very, uh, you're very, you're in. You're involved in that sweet in the Swedish music scene massively, really, aren't you? Am I right in saying? It seems like that from where I'm stood. So, what took you there? What was your first sort of the door? What was the thing that opened the door for you? I think uh, um, concerning Swedish music, um, well, I, I just know I just knew ABBA when we uh, from Sweden, and uh, and and, yeah. I, and I still like ABBA. I think it's uh, there's a lot of uh, good pop tunes they did. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, um, I, I, w I worked for Roskilde the festival for many years, for like twenty years. Uh, I was in this uh, in this group where we built up the festival and. Uh, and then we uh, drank and uh, did our own shit during the festival. And after the festival, we tore everything down again. And yeah. I did this for maybe 15 years. Wow. Together with a bunch of uh, friends. And uh, um, yeah, and then uh, and, and through, uh, I think through, uh, through Roskilde, it really, Roskilde really opened uh, my mind because Roskilde in, in these days and from the mid 90s until the uh, early uh, until 2005 Roskilde was a fantastic festival it yeah, was so yeah. so it's eclectic and so world it has it had everything you know what was the and, what was uh, the best just, uh, what what was the best few things you saw at Roskilde what was the gig? What was the gig that fucking got you, that got you, man? There must have been one gig you saw where you were like, holy shit, that's the one. Oh, I've seen a lot of, uh, oh my God. Um, maybe uh, the first time I heard Mogwai in, in 95 or 96, I've never been to a, I remember I, I walked through this. Uh, Roskilde had like seven stages at this time, yeah. uh, tents, and uh, and then I, I was walking. I uh, was walking through the festival area, and then I heard this uh, this massive uh, noise from one of these tents. And I went in there, and I was just like totally blown away by these sounds these uh, dudes made. You know. Yeah, Mogwai was one of the one of the big, but I heard I heard a lot of great bands like uh, Stooges and uh, some of the greatest young concerts there. And uh, oh, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, that, I, I, I worked for this part of the festival um, that was later called uh, the Camping Stage. So um, in the beginning, we were we were having a little, we had a little van that we put on some. Uh, 
some some amps and some speakers and then drove out into the camping area to the tent area with the with new upcoming bands and so uh, so three days before the festival we had these uh, yeah, new uh, scandinavian upcoming bands that we drove out and then they just uh, kicked some balls out there you know and then we drove them drove them back again and uh, and that's how that, that's how the camping area started or camping stage started and and today uh, the Roskilde festival is like uh, it's the main festival and before that there are three days of uh, uh yeah for upcoming bands uh, okay. yeah we started that thing in the in the mid 90s and and i think that's also where, where my scandinavian upbringing came a little bit because we had we had just the scandinavian bands at the camping uh, camping area camping stage and, and and what scandinavian bands at that time like in the mid 90s i mean is is that around the time where you like would have bumped into uh calais or these pe the people who you're involved with now like the goat crew or the hills crew did you know any no, of those no, people? that's way before I, uh, uh, hills first came and i think the first hills record is from 2008 or something yeah but they weren't around the scene uh, the, no 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 i didn't know them it was in these days it was uh well norwegian it was noxact do you know yeah that? Yeah. Nox sucked amazing, yeah, yeah, great, and brain bombs, and uh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these were the bands that you were playing that would have been playing at the camping stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. They played out in the camping area, you know. Wow, fucking. So we, uh, we had some, uh, <laughs> some really cool stuff uh, in these days. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was amazing, and a, and a lot of, uh, and a lot of garage from uh, garage rock from the from uh, from Sweden. Like, uh, well, from Norway, it was still like, uh, well, Turbo Negro were quite, uh, were big at these days, you know. Turbo Negro played at the big stages in these days already. But we had, yeah. uh, what else? Oh, fuck. We had so many bands, I hardly can remember, you know. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, the, but the Hills, Hills and Goat thing came way, way later. It was yeah. actually because of Hills, I actually started. Uh, uh, my little label or or, or Svensk Sygaf when I heard mm -hmm. the first Hills record, but that was uh, yeah, that was two thousand nine, I think. Oh wow! So you did the first Hills record? I thought it was Rocket that had done it. No, 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 no. The no, no the first Hills Rocket uh, or uh, or the first Hills record, uh, uh, it was released by themselves. It was mm -hmm. by it, uh, they had a little label called Intergalactic Tactical Records, Intergalactic Tactical Records or something. Okay. Yeah. So I no, no. I ordered this. Uh, I ordered the first Hills record uh, from, uh, I think, from this old. Uh, it was Aquarius Records in San Francisco. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, and and I saw and I saw this nice drawing on the on the cover, and then uh, I heard this music, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then I just had to. I just had to you know find this band there was no uh there, there was nothing written on the record so it was hard to find what actually what this label was and where this band was from and uh and uh yeah yeah but uh any anyway i found them and then uh and i started uh, uh not as a record label but as a as, as a gig evening because Svensk okay. means a swedish psych night 
So yeah. I wanted to invite uh, I wanted to invite Swedish bands to Copenhagen, um, and my main idea was to uh, have uh, two three Swedish bands and uh, have some uh, great light and uh, everything and just friends that are behind the bar and making lights and making the sounds and uh, and then. Uh, yeah, in, in small places, in DIY places, and, uh, and then just make it uh, as primitive as possible, you know. And this is actually why I started Sven Sygaften to, yeah, to, to invite Swedish bands and to, uh, and to spread the Swedish vibe in these days around, uh, like, uh, the hills and flowers must die, and uh, that also later came on the rocket label. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, actually, my, my first, my first Wenzelgarten was uh, was with Hills and Sveriges uh, Kommune Landsting and uh, Flowers Must Die. Wow! And this is all pre Goat before Goat became this like massive band. This is well all before that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Goat, Goat was a uh, Goat was just a little. Um, was a little joke thing you know they they did one uh, they, they did a seven inch and actually yeah, wanted, to re wanted to release it uh, through one of my friends uh but he he thought it was totally shy <laughs> and it's actually the dude that i i used to uh, my uh, a lot of my first releases was together with a mailman label called commune two yeah uh, named after the commune one, that uh, the Armandul commune. Um, yeah, he's a nice weirdo here in Malmo. Tobe, a good friend. Uh, we have been together in, uh, in, in a few bands, and uh, yeah, he releases his stuff. And when we found out that we wanted to release something together, then uh, yeah, then we did it. So uh, yeah, I think I released my first record in 2014, and that was a summer beta with Commune Two. And uh, did you, yeah, did you also did you also, did you also perform on that record, or was it just what band was it? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm not, well, I'm performing on, uh, on on quite a few on quite a few records that I that we have released together. Okay. Uh, on the LSD Lullaby record, I've got that. Yeah, you got some of these. Yeah, and uh, I have some. Uh, I have some uh, speech on uh, on a band uh, by Rumstürsen. It's uh, the last track on their first record. It's mainly I do a speech of the first East German astronaut, uh, Sigmund Jain, when he was in orbit, connecting okay. to some Soyuz Russian space uh, station or something. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. So your friend, he must have been sort of kicking himself now that he didn't release that that first Goat record, Seven Inch. But who yeah. did release it? Did that that got released on Rocket? Did it? Yeah, I yeah, think it, it did. Yeah, it came on Rocket. Yeah, the Goldman. Yeah, it was yeah, Goldman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what that a, was a great, what great record! That was a great record. Yeah. Really, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've also kicked him since when I heard when I heard that he had refused it, and uh, because because Kelly didn't send it to me, and uh, so he uh, so when uh, when I heard that uh, that uh, that Toby he had. Uh, he had said nay to this little thing. I was like, fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but instead I found him uh, a couple of years later, there was this uh, 
There was this uh, boy band called Yuri Gagarin, some space rock, mm. uh, instrumental space rock band. And they actually asked me to release their, their second record. But uh, these days I had some uh, some troubles at home and uh, I didn't really have time to, for doing a proper release for this record. So I gave him this record. And, and since then, it was actually his best-selling record ever. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh. so he made some... Uh... Oh, that's good. And then, so at that time, was the how was the the Swedish psych scene? The new I say the new Swedish psych scene because they had amazing bands in the in the seventies, um, Trad, Grass, Och, Steiner, and yeah, uh, Grass, Steiner, yeah, and uh, Harvest, yeah. International Harvest, all this old stuff, stuff yeah. Parson Sound, wow, yeah, yeah, Parson Sound, yeah, yeah. That the Parson Sound stuff is incredible yeah. you know yeah and so how was, how was that going down in copenhagen where are you getting lots of people to the gigs well uh how many i think uh i, th I think the first gig uh well, i i think became quite even i think i lost maybe 500 krona on the gig or something wow. you know? it was not really and uh and and the hills gang they slept at my in my place so uh, uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, and flowers must die. They came from Melmi, so they drove back again after the gig. So uh, so it was uh, we we did it as cheap as possible, and I I just had it like uh, I think there were maybe uh, I don't know 50, 80 people for to the first gig, and I had like everybody had a, had a blast. So I was like totally satisfied with the with the. Yeah, with the outcome of everything. So nice. and also did a little bit uh, for me, you know. I was like, okay, if I invite bands and have some great lights, and I have it exactly as I wanted, uh, as I wanted to be here, you know. So uh, and uh, yeah, and then I have free beers, and I don't have to pay uh, entrance, you know. So it's like uh, it's totally cool. You know? All the perks of being a cu curator. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I liked it, and uh, and uh, and I did it. Uh, I I I only did uh, a couple of uh, two, three spent psych evenings, and uh, yeah. And then after this, uh, then I was just uh, small connected to uh, to the to the psych scene in Copenhagen. So whenever there were psych festivals and they wanted Swedish bands, then they asked me. So I, again, got a free passport to these kind of uh, nice festivals, you know. Nice. And, uh, nice. Just uh, connecting with the Swedish bands. Mm. Yeah, I remember when that kind of psych fest thing was happening. I'm sure we played a psych fest or two in Copenhagen. But we definitely, I remember there was a guy, a chap called Casper. Do you remember Casper? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was putting on a psych fest there. I, I I think we played it. I don't know. I remember yeah, doing yeah, a few. He did. Uh, I think he, he did a big one out in Christiania, and uh, and did some where I, he did a couple of also um, there where where Festival of Endless Gratitude had uh, had their had their main base for like five or six years at Remisen. Mm -hmm. I was going to yeah. ask you about that actually. Have you have you do you do you have anything to do with that festival? Fe the festival festival of Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, 
I think uh, I think the well the the endless gratitude festival started in the stage with uh, by people done, done by uh, sunburned hand of the men people, yeah, yeah by <laughs> Maloney and uh, oh what I, what's his name uh, yeah uh, Paul Lebrecq who uh, who also was at uh, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 those and, uh, and then around around two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, it it stopped in the states, and then Trolls Mess he brought it to he brought it to Copenhagen. Mm. And, yeah, uh, and I think uh, the first year I was uh, I was there as a guest, and then already I think from the second year I worked for the festival, and I've done it ever since. Yeah, so mainly yeah. Ma ma maybe uh, Nina, Nina, just a moment. Okay. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> That's a cool backdrop he's got there, isn't it? Yeah. It's, cool. yeah. it's because the mama just came home. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Festival of Endless Gratitude was, uh, yeah, I think I started working for them from 2010 or so, mainly as a, mainly as building. Building the stages and stuff, and uh, and 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 helping artists. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, uh, and and getting people at the airport and stuff, and uh, yeah. So for the last thirteen years, I worked for the festival. Yeah, cool. And what a what an absolutely amazing festival it is as well. The festival and the yeah. scratch. It's great, right? It's great. Yeah. It has, it has such a, it has probably the most beautiful vibe for me that a festival can have because it's uh, because everybody who comes to Festival of Endless Gratitude, this festival is so eclectic and so weird. So people that come to the festival, they come there because they love music, you know. They don't come there because they want to get hammered or they because uh, they just love music. Yeah, there's a lot of very deep listening going on at that festival. Yeah. Uh, a very, very appreciative and attentive crowd. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, w the last one that we did, yeah, it was. Uh, when was it? it? Was last month, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was about a month ago now. Actually, fucking hell, it seems like longer ago. But just the vibe and the people and the people that run it are total sweethearts. Christian and all the and who was it? Um, is it Paul? Like those people are, yeah, they're big listeners, man. And uh, I think you probably had something to do with the fact that Nod played there in 2017. That must have been your rec on your recommendation, was it? Uh, I don't know. Probably, maybe. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> But, but, but I've, I've, I've known them for many years, everybody. So, uh, and it was the first and only time that we shared a stage together, wasn't it? As well, yeah, 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 yeah. We uh, it was a mushroom poem. poem. Yeah, yeah. you did the mushroom poem, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We took, uh, yeah, yeah. One of my friends came. He had just been on the fields uh, the day before, and then we got fresh mushrooms on the field. Yeah, yeah. It was nice. It was a nice gig because we got to play with yourself. Paul Lebrecht, and I always forget the chap's name, the guy who was playing the beautiful kind of weird um, Middle Eastern type clarinet. It was kind of, or was it? It was a kind of a weird horn instrument anyway. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember his name. I think he, he was a German dude, or he was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, I think he was like sort of possibly like kind of Turkish German or or something. Just probably, yeah, for me. Yeah. So I mean, before we, we were talking about the festival of endless gratitude and how amazing it was, and the year that Nod played there, 2017, with yourself. Paul Lebrecht and that lovely chap from Berlin who none of us can remember his name, which is really yeah. shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was amazing for us because obviously we're big Sunburn and the uh, Sunburn hand of the man fans, nod boys. So to get to go and play the festival that they started and then to be in, in uh, to, for to be in Copenhagen, so we got to hang out with you and finally play this beautiful festival. Yeah. And I, yeah, think, I remember I you always asked me about uh, if I can get you a space because uh, I think since we, uh, since the first time we met, we have uh, always, uh, or we have talked about this festival and you have asked me uh, several times if I can, uh, if I can get you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, so it happened. I wouldn't say yeah. it, but all my, uh, uh, my influence, but, uh, but I think in, uh, Maybe a little bit, you know. Yeah, you played sure your you part. Played a part. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then obviously I got to go there again this year to be there with Moundabout, which was a very interesting show. Unfortunately, one half of Moundabout Phil couldn't make it. Yeah. So so I had a very interesting show with two amazing, lovely musicians. Um, which pushed me to places in, that I hadn't been to in musically before. That was nice. <laughs> that was really nice. Um, so, yeah. And there's no better festival that I can think of that I've ever been to for something like that to happen. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, it's made for that kind of thing, really. It's like, it's perfect. Yeah, because uh, everybody just wants to help each other, and everybody is there for each other. So it's a. Uh, it's also when you when you said that uh, that Phil couldn't make it, and I, and I was never even even though I asked a couple of friends if they could uh, maybe give you a hand, or then I then I knew that uh, well if if I couldn't get anybody there, then uh, then the festival would uh, would play a big part in helping you as much as they could, and so. Uh, so they did. Really did. It was a great. Uh, it was a great gig. Yeah, it was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah, it was, it'll stand out on my memory as one of those. As, as definitely a gig I'll remember, because uh, yeah. because of the situation and because of the the amazingness of it. And then the next day, to to go into the to go and get my gear just to pop into the festival and come across um, that lady. Um, oh fucking hell! What's her name? The Eritrean woman who plays that amazing yeah, instrument. Sabrina, Sabrina goes. Uh, oh God, what is her name? Oh, Cecina, Cecina Gebreya, Cecina. That's it. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah, and she plays an instrument called. I think it's called the Gabri or the Ga the Ga the Gabri. Yeah, the Gabri or the Gabri. Absolutely fucking. Amazing and getting to yeah, watch. Yeah, the harp thing. She played this and uh, uh, this uh, five-string harp thing, right? Uh, yeah, and yeah. and did vo and vocalized and oh man, getting to meet her and see her sound check. I mean, that's another highlight of the year for me. Really, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, man, and fucking so. I mean, in the Copenhagen, you know, the Copenhagen scene is is like. 
is there many other like good festivals or I mean obviously Lop and is a venue in Copenhagen where is an amazing venue. We always play there with Nod and they seem to have a lot of stuff going on. But is it quite a, it seems like quite a vibrant buzzing scene in, in Copenhagen really? Well it uh it it, it it was more buzzing in the like like 10 years ago there's a lot of gentrification going on in Copenhagen so uh, so actually a lot of the places where I used to make gigs they are closed now uh, also where I, I released a live record by Hills uh, live at the Moon's Port the, the Demon's Gate uh, one of my favorite DIY basements in Copenhagen it's closed now and uh, but Mayhem, Mayhem is still alive they are they are still doing the, uh, their thing, and uh, yeah, it's a shame about think, the gentrification. But that's the same fucking everywhere, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. Do you think yeah. there's more thing? Do, do you think there's more interesting stuff going on on the outskirts? Then would you say, or in quieter parts, like out in the sticks? Well, I'm um, I'm actually uh, you know you know. Uh, um, my partner Anna, she lives in Malmo, and uh, and uh, at the moment I'm here in Malmo quite a lot, and uh, and Malmo has actually a bigger, um, a bigger uh, underground um, vibe than than Copenhagen has at the moment. Right. Okay. Right. It's, yeah, it's uh, it's really amazing uh, what's going on over here. I've I mean, always we, thought we, that, uh, that there are these uh, these uh, uh, these smaller clubs here, but I've uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I thought that they also uh, like a, a bit uh, a bit died out here. But um, uh, I was just at a little uh, place uh, last weekend where one of the bands that I released uh, earlier this year, Natural played. and and what a nice vibe it had there, and it was uh, you know one of these. Uh, Old brown uh, brown inns, but uh, but yeah, but everything is like uh, it look it looks like is uh, it's something from the seventies, and yeah. uh, and I was or like uh, dark wood. What like dark wood? Yeah, yeah, dark wood and uh, an old uh, and and an old stove. You, you know uh, the, the the old pubs where where people used to smoke inside, and where it was always uh, you couldn't. Uh, you you couldn't from the outside you couldn't really see what's going on inside even though there were windows but the windows are so so dirty and so uh, it's so um, it, it's so broken down so it's uh, yeah and then you come in there and uh, and then it's just uh, like the, the the nicest vibe in there and all the the a lot of local uh, I don't know alcoholics and all the and all the local weirdos are coming there you know and it's uh i just uh, i just felt at home there last weekend you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you fit right in yeah the yeah, king of the yeah, weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice i mean we've only ever played in plan b in malmo we played in the small plan b the original plan b and now the new plan b which is fucking huge it's got yeah. like three, three, two or three different venues. It's got one massive room in there, and that it felt very, very different to the first time we had played there. Very, very different. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. The first Plan B was uh, was very uh, was very DIY, and then uh, 
and then they got kicked out of there and uh again because of gentrification and uh, and then uh and then he must have had some kind of connections then uh, that there is a, it's some kind of a bigger um uh, what's it called venue from stockholm mm. that has uh, that is now in charge of uh, of plan b uh, and, and the okay. dude that was in in charge of the old plan b he's the main booker of this place now okay okay yeah, yeah it's a very it's a very professional setup it was good it was a good gig i mean i don't, I don't think there was many people there when we played last time but it was a good it was a good show mm. um yeah Another thing I want to, to go off on a random tangent here, but there's a story that we have to talk about. Um, it's, it's not we'll get away from Nod in in a bit, but the story of the Somnambulist Tale CDR. Do you remember when you you like you or you 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 got that Somnambulist CDR and then you ended up buying at least one or two more for somebody? You, there was somebody you were working with. Um, when you was it when you were working in the prison or something like that? There was a dude that really yeah, liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have told the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Up yeah, close to know, the mic. I was. Uh, I, I was. Uh, uh, when when I moved from the west coast, I started physiotherapy and on the west coast, and then I and when I finished my studies there, I moved to Copenhagen in '97. And then uh, January '98, I got a job as a physiotherapist in the, in one of the yeah the the biggest hardcore um, um, long long term uh, jails that we have in uh, on Sjælland near Copenhagen. Well, the jail is actually uh, it's actually famous because uh, do uh, do you know the Danish series uh, the Olsen Gang? Mm, no, 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 no. The Olsen Gang was a. Uh, it was uh, like these uh, these uh, three uh, uh, wannabe criminals, and uh, and it was a Danish series that was uh, quite famous. Uh, it was also famous in East Germany, but but then it was uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, but but uh, every movie started with uh, with the the main character of Olsen Band, and he got released from this jail. So he walked out from this jail, you know. So it was called Vrysløs Lille. Yeah, and I worked there for I think for 13 years as a as wow. a physiotherapist. Yeah, and it was uh, it was great times. Uh, I had uh, I was quite different from all the other people that worked there because I had uh, I had dreadlocks and uh, and I went around bare feet and I was kind of a, like hippie-ish in the in the in the in, in the in, in the in the Lazarat area in the in the sick area and uh, yeah so uh, yeah I had a great time there. oh yeah but, but, uh, but uh, because of the Somnabolist yeah because I listened to the Somnabolist and uh, sometimes when I did the massages there and yeah. and then I and then I had this dude he was uh, he was part of a gang that had stolen by mistake a wrong painting by some kind of a uh, really well-known uh, I don't know from the 17th century painters you know I think okay. Rembrandt, Rembrandt, was his name. Rembrandt. And, and and they and they actually wanted to steal uh, um, the story here what was the story? the story was they wanted to steal um 
one painting, but then they came out to this uh, to this museum, and then they were like confused and okay, so what painting was it? So they're like, okay, it must be this one. So they so they stole the most expensive painting that they have ever had in this museum by Rembrandt, and then they couldn't <laughs> get rid of it, you know, because it was like suddenly it was like this uh, big big uh, thing that these. Uh, uh, weird uh, small time criminals uh, stole them. So yeah, <laughs> they got they, they got uh, of course they got arrested after I think uh, after quite a while they uh, of uh, investigations by the police and undercover thingies and uh, and uh, the museum got this uh, picture back and uh, and uh, and these dudes. Uh, uh, yeah, these dudes. Uh, one of them got uh, came to Volsluis Lille, and uh, yeah, and then uh, and I usually and I usually uh, listen to my own music when I was in my physiotherapy, and uh, and this dude, uh, I don't know, he once came in and said to me, "Do you you want you would like to have a massage while I listen to while we listen to this record that I played last time when he was here." And I was like, okay, what was it? It was this year, well, this, uh, I don't know, this, what the, but he said, this, this weird music that only you like, you know? And then, uh, <laughs> okay, man. So, uh, so it was, uh, so I put the, the Sonderbullis tail on. And uh, so I think he, uh, he came in like, uh, I don't know, five, six times. And every time he came in to, uh, to get some treatments in the physiotherapy, then we listened to Sonderbullis tail, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Amazing. Cool. Best. That's the best. Best. Uh, when you first told us that, I was like, "Wow, we've made it." Yeah. Made it. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. So that's pretty mad. So you were walking around this like high, like maximum security prison in your bare feet with your dreadlocks. Yeah, and I had no uh, and, and no alarm. I wanted to. I want you know. I wanted to. To be like that, that the inmates and I, that we were on the same level here, you know. So because my physiotherapy was quite small, and when I, uh, so 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 when I closed the door to my physiotherapy, even though when uh, some of the guards said, yeah, yeah, this dude is maybe a little bit too dangerous, or uh, and then when when they wanted to join me, when they wanted to come inside the physiotherapy, I always told them, okay. If, uh, if the fog is so dangerous, then you can stand outside, but you are not allowed to come in with me and this person here because it's a because it's a private thing here, you know. So uh, wow, yeah, but it, it also made like uh, I had some kind of a uh, you know in thirteen years uh, there has only been one incident where where some uh, where some uh, foggers tried to attack me, you know, and okay. in a, and in a in a place like this it was. Uh, uh, I, I felt very secure there because uh, a lot of the the hardcore criminals they uh, they knew that uh, okay if, when you go down to the physiotherapy nobody touches Sven you know if anybody touches Sven you you get uh, your ears in the machine you know so uh, wow wow so I was uh, I was I, I felt I was it, it was a good workplace for me yeah yeah wow yeah, well, a lot of great stories you know. So you had what a lot cool of respect. Experience. You had a lot of respect from the inmates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, oh, because uh, I, I, I always told them that when they went, uh, 
because uh, you know when you're when you're in a hardcore prison like this, it's not really Camille uh, Faux. It's not uh, it's not normal to to uh, to show your fears or your feelings and in, uh, in the uh, together with the other inmates. But when I when I had them inside me, I was like this uh, this uh, this, uh, this uh, psychological dustbin, so they could uh, they could. Uh, they, they, they could tell me a lot of stories that was going on, you know, and about what was how they felt and how they felt to be uh, to be away from their family or from their wives or from their kids and uh, and their sadness in life. And, uh, and they knew that uh, they could tell me anything um, unless if they wanted to beat somebody up. You know, yeah. I said, OK, yeah. if you tell me shit like this, then I'm then I'm going to report it in some way to the to the to the guards so if it and puts, them, else, if it puts yeah. them or someone else in danger you have to say yeah, something. If they put somebody else, yeah. I, I didn't want to hear this you know if they and uh yeah i told them if they if they're going to tell me this stuff like this then uh then i'm going to tell the guards everything else they can tell me and it won't come further than the, the physiotherapy so so wow. I, uh, so i had kind of i had a lot of respect in that and also uh yeah, so I, well, I had I had good time. I had good thirteen years in there. Wow, yeah. wow, man. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. I bet there's some stories from that, man. But I mean, so I mean, another thing I really wanted to talk to you about is your your label, Sven Sykaften. We call it, but you call it Sven in in the in Swedish Sven Sykaften. Sven Sykaften. Yeah, Sven Sykaften. Yeah. Yeah, which is. Uh, it's got some of the best patches, which I have here, which I've still saw this one onto my jacket. Ah, which yeah, is, yeah. You see a lot of people with these patches. It's amazing when you go to some gigs around the UK or in Europe, you see these patches on people's jackets, which okay. is a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, tell, tell us about the label, man. How many releases have you got under your belt? And because and, you also... Also, one thing about your label before you, before you start is like your the artwork for your label is very distinctive, and so if that's that's all you as well, isn't it? You do all the artwork too, so it's like a full full sort of it's your baby, your your project. Yeah, uh, especially lately. Uh, in, in the beginning, it was uh, in the beginning it was uh, it was mainly artwork by uh, by either one of my friends, uh, Danilo Stankovic. He made the oh, uh, artwork for the for the live hills recording. He's one of the, for me, one of the greatest artists there are in, uh, in in Sweden. He's from mm -hmm. the Balkan, and he has this uh, he has this Balkan feeling over his uh, over his drawings and over his paintings. And uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, during the last three four years, I've doing uh, more and more of the artwork for the for the records and uh, yeah. Yeah, and people have asked me other other bands that I don't release have asked me if I could do uh, could do the artwork for their for their record and uh, yeah, nice. That's nice. Uh, I never thought of me of uh, of being a uh, 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 art artist or something, you know, or something. But uh, but but I, but I like uh, I, I usually use my own f uh, photos and. Uh, and I like dead flowers and uh, and beetles and uh, and all kinds of uh, 
uh, mainly natural stuff that I put in or make some uh, cuttings and uh, gluing. Mushroom prints, mushroom prints. Yeah, yeah. mushrooms and yeah, I use I use a lot of mushrooms on my uh, on my art. Yeah, and, and collage as well, which I absolutely love. I love collage; it's one of my favorite favorite yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. It's so that there 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 are more and more there. Are, um, there's so much uh, of of the of the artwork that is done by uh, this uh, artificial uh, AI stuffy, and uh, and it looks so shit in my eyes. Mm. You know, I cannot really. I rather have so people can see. I used a piece of tape to keep it together here, so people can yeah. see. Okay, this is actually tape, and and he he just fucking drew on the on the tape here. You know, so it's like, uh, and uh, I rather have stuff like this and all this nice nice stuff that you can feed in the computer and then you get some shit out of it you know yeah yeah i mean these days yeah with artwork a lot of it like graphic designer people i mean nothing against graphic designers i mean jo johnny and chris from rocket they're graphic designers but they they do they do do nice album artwork stuff but yeah a lot of it kind of tends to look the same and also because there's just so many bands releasing records, it's it's, it's kind of like you have to be pretty creative with your artwork to 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 stand out. And I think the old school way of doing it, the way you do it, it really stands out because it kind of looks it already looks like a record that's like 20, 30, 40 years old, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that works. Yeah. And so. Um, what's the kind of uh, modus operandi of Sven Sykhafton then? What's the is it to strictly release Swedish music? No, I release. Uh, I get. Uh, I, I maybe get contacted maybe two, three times a month by bands from all over the world who send me stuff and uh, and ask if I want to release their stuff. So for me, nice. it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's not about. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be Swedish bands. I also release bands from uh, from from Denmark and uh, uh, yeah, mainly from Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but so, uh, if I get some good stuff from uh, uh, I don't know from uh, from Taiwan, then it's a, uh, then I, I don't really care, you know, as long as it's good music or whether it's uh, yeah, nice. And so the last record, your most recent release was uh, it was the Gas record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ghost record, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that was so, uh, it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it, it, it's a project by uh, it's a it's a project by one of my friends and uh, by by Kale from Hills. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, yeah, and uh, it's just a great record, man. Yeah, I mean Kale is a fucking talented guy man that guy oh. has had he's played a big part in a lot of music so he's yeah. got hills goat and um what's that fuck what's his other um um central central yeah central for me it's a show and it's one of the, it's it's one of the best records that i've listened to uh, i'm so proud that i could be a part of this record yeah uh, because I, I released it on 500 on, on black and rock recordings on red uh, 500 on red rps Nice. And how did you get linked up with the Rocket guys? Was did they ever go to your night in 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 Copenhagen? Like, or did you meet them via the Hills Goat guys, or did you already know them before that, or what? Uh, 
Well, I, uh, I I used to listen a lot to the Heads records, and I, yeah. I love the and I love the artwork that John made for the for the for the hills or for the Head record where where she lays in this haze of uh, smoking a big bong and uh, uh, what was it? Uh, what was the name of the record? I don't know, but uh, but 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 I liked uh, I I knew I knew Rocket before um, I knew the label before um, uh, before Hills or or, or Gold or any of this stuff was uh, was even thought of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to cool. today today they are by, they they are very they are very broad today. They I think they they they. Uh, they release a lot, and uh, and they are in in my eyes they are they are not so so skeptical anymore, so 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 picky anymore in what they want to release. They 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 release uh, also stuff that I uh, where I have it like what the fuck, you know? yeah, so it's, uh, yeah. They, they and that's release more good stuff than they do today, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, just still, they still release good stuff for sure, man. I mean, come on, look at all the Nod records they release. For God's sake! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I also, I also like the Peaks, 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 Peaks yeah. thing, and uh, yeah. and uh, they have released a lot of great stuff. Yeah. And I mean, what I like about them is that, yeah, they are open to anything. Like I, I read something recently where Johnny was saying that they, nobody has approached them with a, a hip hop album yet. And if they got the right hip hop album, they'd release it, you know. And I know that Johnny was a big hip hop guy back in when he was a, a young fella, you know. He was a hip hop, he was a hip hop dude. And I like that fact that they're kind of open to anything, you know. They're they're big listeners, man. You know, Chris, and you've probably been around Chris Reader's house when he gets his records out. I mean, he's fucking the guy listens to everything, yeah. Um, and I love that about them, and they're always open open for it. Yeah, I also like these two dudes. They're very special dudes. Yeah, twenty under twenty-five years in the game. That's a long time. Yeah, that's you know, like that's pretty serious. There's not many record labels around going for twenty-five years. You know, that that would be considered still a kind of small independent label. You know, it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. and like thanks to fucking goats who are bankrolling uh, i'm assu- i'm just assuming that goat are bankrolling <laughs> all the rest of us you know <laughs> i don't know if that's the case but i it's, it's, it's you know you could take a while you could take a wild guess there but you know it's it good it's good good label good heads yeah, yeah, so, yeah how many records have you released on spence psych often then um, well, um, I have uh, uh, the ghost record was record number twenty. Okay, number twenty. Yeah, so there was, uh, I think, out of these twenties, there was one seven inch. The first ghost I also released on a seven inch with uh, with some home- homemade covers, only in one hundred copies or something. Yeah, and, uh, and then some EPs, but it's mainly I think fifteen LPs and a couple of split uh, split twelve inches, a seven inch, and. Uh, yeah, and the ghost was the last one, and there comes one more this year here with a with a with a young band or with a young collective called Bangladesh. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm going to release this here. It comes, uh, I, I think we're going to have the record here in a week or two or something. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I've heard, and I've heard that record, and it's pretty damn fucking good. You got yourself some really good young musicians. And you, again, you've done, a, you've done a fine job yourself with the vocals. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, one of my one of my friends, he asked me. I met him. Uh, uh, he he's the he's the dude to be here from this commune two label. I went to the. He works at a librarian, and uh, and I came there to to make some uh, to get some free copies for my next uh, artwork for for some records. And then he asked me, "Oh yeah, he." Sven, I have this. Uh, I have gathered these uh, these young people here for for Saturday, and this year was on a Thursday, I think. And uh, and could you uh, can you could you write uh, lyrics for two or three tracks? And uh, and uh, and we are gonna we we, uh, we call ourselves Bangladesh. And I was like, what the fuck? And uh, <laughs> okay, so what kind of music is it? What is it here? Yeah, he didn't really know, and it was. Uh, it's mainly uh, it's probably mainly improvised all the musicians that come there they have some kinds of uh, idea and and then let's just see what it is I said, okay so i went home and uh, and scribbled some some stuff down and uh, and then i went there to this rehearsal room and half of these people i think there were like seven uh, seven persons there and half of them they were around like these uh, 17 18 years old and I was like, okay. And then they started playing and I was like, I was so, it made, it just made me so happy that, uh, that young people, they, they could find this feeling, you know, they had this, uh, they were so good musicians in their way. And they had this feeling of playing music. And it was like, I was just so, the first half hour, I was just sitting there and, and just, uh, Sitting there, enjoying myself, and uh, and and just had it like, no, there's no need for me to do anything here. These guys are fucking great. Yeah, but then I uh, then I did my thing, and it was uh, well. It turned out pretty well. I'm um, really uh, I've listened to the test presses a couple of times now, and it's uh, it's going to be a nice record. Cool. Nice. And when does that when's that getting released? I think uh, well, we sent uh, we said yes to the to the test press like uh, three or four weeks ago, so it's uh, I think it's uh, I hope it will be released before Christmas because after Christmas the the postage prices uh, from uh, from the Danish Post they will they will rise again. So I hope I can ship some of them uh, uh, outside the EU before Christmas or before the New Year. Yeah. And and tell me, are you selling? Are you, are you pretty much? Are you selling out? Are you selling all of your re releases when you uh, your records when you release them? Mm, well, uh, I, there are there are some of the some of the colors that are sold out now, but not uh, huh. not all of the records are totally sold out because and I don't really have, I don't really have a distribution, you know. So it was mainly. Uh, so I usually uh, bike around shops in Copenhagen, or bring records here to uh, to uh, to shops here in Malmo, or and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know I have this little record room in my apartment, so so I don't really care how long it takes for me to sell a record out, you know. So yeah. it's, uh, because they're just in the room. 
Are you selling them all over the world? You have like international buyers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have like, a, I think at the moment they're, they're like, uh, well, the sentiment, the ghost records, they opened a lot of doors for me. So, uh, uh -huh. so thanks, Keller, again. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, so I have like, uh, yeah, I have like five, six hundred followers on, uh, uh, and I and I and and the most I release is 500. I usually just release like 100 or 300. The Bangladesh is going to be 250 records, and uh, so I, I we we keep it small, you know. Nice, yeah, nice man, yeah. And uh, I mean, what's what's this weirdest place that you sell them to? Like, have you got like is it all out to America? Are you selling out to America? Canada. Yeah, yeah, I have a, I have a few in China uh, that uh, that are that are coming again and again. Wow. I, I haven't sent some to I haven't sent to North Korea, but to South Korea, Tasmania, Australia, Brazil, the States, Costa Rica. I have Mexico. I, I have a lot of in Canada. Canadians they like Svensugafen. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing because you've got very little internet presence, right? You don't have a band camp or anything like that, do you? No, no, I, I, uh, I uh, you, you, you know, uh, I, I was on band camp for a couple of years, uh -huh. but, uh, but, but then band camp sent out this, uh, this text thingy and then, uh, and then band camp was sold and then this new, uh, this new company, uh, uh, booted half of the people of the of the band camp staff and I was like oh, for me it's time to move on this is uh this is uh be before before they take any everything away anyway then it's uh yeah I just uh I, w I want to keep it as low fi as possible and I don't do much uh I don't do much to to sell the records I'm not a good uh, I'm actually not a good businessman you know I'm actually here for the business I just it's just because I love music <laughs> yeah and that's amazing and it's amazing that like you've got people from china and all over the world who are plugged in and and listening and buying it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild days you know when we were when, when, when we were young we uh we, we, we made mixtapes you know so uh, it was so difficult to get new music uh when i was a teenager so we had these uh I wrote to people in Italy and in Spain and in the UK and in Germany, and then we and then we traded tapes and we made mixtapes for each other. And I and I recorded from the television with my old uh, VHS recorder, you know. And then I generally <laughs> I press I press uh, record now, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so everything was uh, everything was way more difficult in these days. Today everything is easy. You can. Uh, yeah, a person from China can find you, you know. And uh... yeah, so Sven, I was going to ask you, um, what was the first kind of music you got into when you were a kid? You know that you really, you know, it blew your mind, kind of thing. Uh... I, uh... Don't be embarrassed. What? <laughs> and don't be embarrassed. No, 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 no. I was actually, uh, I, I really liked. Uh, I listened a lot to pop music when I was a uh, when when I was a teenager. Yeah. So I, I, know, know, I heard you mention ABBA before. It was ABBA like an early? Yeah, uh, uh, ABBA or uh, or like uh, um, also uh, 
there was this TV show in, uh, uh, that we could see and uh, that we could watch in East Germany. Uh, it was called uh, Disco by Ilya Richter. And uh, and the, uh, it was like uh, like in, in the BBC days when they invited bands in and then uh, and there was a ah, play like the old, and then they, they did their stuff and uh, like the old grey whistle test. Have you heard of that program? It was on the yeah BBC. yeah 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 kind of like this yeah something like this yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and, and this year was uh, um, I don't know. Uh, I liked a lot of when when I listen to 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 pop music today from the eighties. Uh, I I I liked uh, or, or Depeche Mode or The Cure. I liked the I listened a lot to The Cure and uh, yeah, like uh, so you're a bit of a goth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've actually I've never seen myself as a, as a goth dude, but uh, <laughs> but I liked uh, but uh, but I liked uh, also The Mission a little bit, you know. And uh, yeah, and, so you were a goth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually for me. It was a, a kind of late that I uh, that I actually uh, discovered Joy Division. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, so be, be, because I uh, I have bought this uh, uh, the closer record mm -hmm. and 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 I didn't get it. You know. I was yeah. like, why is everybody just so infatuated by this uh, by this Joy Division? <laughs> and uh, because uh, because I had the second record there, and I was like, until I listened to the first record, and then I first got it, you know, like, okay, this is what <laughs> the fog is all about, you know, <laughs> what an amazing record it is. It's uh, yeah. unknown pleasures, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I first yeah. got into Joy Division for a best of Joy Division. Well, actually, I listened to Still. Have you ever heard Still? What? Very lo-fi, Still. The Joy no. Division record. No. No. Is it, is it when they were wars? Is that the Warsaw record, Chris, or no. is it a Joy Division record? No, it's a Joy Division record, but it's kind of like really lo-fi like demo tapes and some live tracks. It's like a double album. It was released after Ian Curtis died. Released about 84 oh. or something, 85. But um, yeah, it's kind of like really bleak sounding, lo-fi. If you've not heard it, check it out. Because that was the first one I heard. And okay. that, same thing. I was like, what is all the fuss about this band? It's like, you know. Well, so what, I'd never heard of them. Someone gave it me saying... Uh, if you like guitar music, you really like this album. And then I was like, "What the hell is he talking about? This is terrible." Uh, <laughs> it sounded like to me like um, Dracula's Castle. You know that ding 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 ding. ding. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> but really badly recorded. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I actually like when when stuff is uh, kind of bad recorded. I've never been. Uh, I've never been a fan of uh, of overproduced stuff, you know. Yeah. I like. Yeah. I also like. I like the sound of Dead Moon records. Yeah, yeah. It's just like so. It's just like so to the basics. At the moment, I listen a lot to to old blue stuff like uh, Electric Mud by Money Waters or uh, Burnside or uh, like. Uh, yeah, I, I like when uh, when the sound is rough. 
I've got a theory. So I reckon the Gen X guys who grew up listening to really terrible tape recordings, and that was their only source of music, they're able to handle noise a lot more. You know, they're able to tolerate, the, like, almost like you can't even hear it, but you can hear something in there. And you've got the patience to do it because you've been listening to all these crappy tapes for like your whole life, basically. <laughs> your whole yeah. In, passage into music was born through these horrible tape recordings that have been passed on from person to person and recorded over and over again. You know, yeah, those deteriorated. Yeah. You just about hear it. I mean, there's many a time, many a time when I was young, when I had it, was given a cassette a copy of an album where obviously it had been recorded in, into the red, you know, it was maxed out on, yeah. when it was recorded. Yeah. So it just sounds super distorted. And then I, when I got a bit older and was able to buy the CD, buy the CD and put it on and go, what? This sounds like <laughs> shit. It doesn't yeah. sound anything like, like the yeah. album that I really like, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I think, I think, yeah, I think you, you, you got something, there's something to your theory there, Chris. So I think, <laughs> yeah, we're more more forgiving. I think the people yeah. that grew up listening to to back, like cassettes that had been recorded on a million times from vinyl from vinyl and stuff. Yeah. We definitely got a, and I think that's a good thing. Because I get anytime I play I like go on, anytime sorry, we play sorry. kids like anything that's challenging, you know, that's kind of lo-fi. No, they can't really get past the production. It's like this sounds terrible. It's like, yeah, but can you not see through the dirt <laughs> something beautiful yeah. at the end, you know? Yeah, right. No patience for it. Yeah, that's exactly how I have it. It's like uh, I, I rather have like uh, I rather have a really a really dirty recording like, or a basement recording or like a rehearsal recording where you have uh, where you can have like there's a lot of feeling in the, the, this recording and the, they mean it fucking now you know and yeah. Uh, this is a great it, it's, a, it's a great rehearsal recording and this year instead of when uh when it actually comes out and it just sounded it sounds so over polished shite that it's like uh it just uh, it, uh, it 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 lost all the magic in my ears, you know. So uh... yeah, I think that the process of working like that it sucks all the energy out of the music. Most of, you know the majority of the times, it it's hard to capture the energy of a of a rehearsal room when everybody when nobody's really thinking about recording and it just happens and the energy is raw that's where it's at i mean for me that's totally where i would much rather have a crappy rehearsal room recording with all the energy than the best studio in the world spending six months or a year in a studio just fucking making everything sound whatever perfect you know yeah, that, yeah. That, that process just kills kills the buzz for me totally yeah, um, yeah. i mean it's a, it's a fine line not have tried that so many times I mean, we've with some success, you know. I think we managed to capture the energy on most of the records. But for me, the gold has happened when we've been not really thinking about it and not expecting anything from it, and then boom, you you just capture the energy, the the really good stuff that's happening. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I 
I, th- I think I don't think that will ever go away. You say the kids, Chris, can't handle it, but I mean, I- I'm sure there's plenty of kids out there who are searching for that shit. The same way that we were, the same way we were searching for weird music when we were kids, or searching for some kind of sound that that resonated with us. I'm sure there's plenty of kids scouring the internet now looking for the the dirtiest sounding, oldest <laughs> sounding crap they can find. You know. Yeah. yeah, looking for the fall and going, wow, I've fucking yeah. discovered, discovered discovering fucking the plutonium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, one, one, one of the records I released on uh, Sven Sygaften is, uh, is by this weirdo band called uh, Alien from Wärmland, the the, the the elves from Wärmland. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and Wärmland is a commune in the, in the north of Sweden. And... Uh, and it's uh, okay. I can admit I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the people in this little thingy there in this band, and we are just four friends that are like. Uh, I think it took us uh, every time we met, we uh, we we decided on what kind of a track we will cover, and then I and then I uh, and then I rewrote the lyrics. I either I translated them to Swedish or to Danish, or I do them in English or in. Uh, or in sweet English, or in uh, English, <laughs> or, or whatever. And then, and then we meet in the forest. We we are we eat, uh, we eat some shrooms and we do our thing, you know. And then we just record some stuff, you know. And it's just like, a, and in the beginning, when we when we started doing this, it was never meant to uh, to be uh, to be released, you know. So it was uh, it was mainly for us, but. Uh, yeah, but when you have a little record label, then you can, uh, yeah, then you can release your own shit, you know. And it's uh, and this is uh, it's probably the weirdest record that I've ever released, but it's also a record that I really that I really love because it's uh, it's so weird and it's so uh, and it's so homemade and it's uh, yeah, and and uh, most of the tracks they are they are it's the same tracks on the B side but just uh, but they just play play backwards so, <laughs> so, so so just just that to listen to to tracks backwards is uh, which is like a total new the vocals are new language like yeah and some of it sounds like a very old Finnish dialect or something you know and uh, <laughs> and uh, and 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 a lot of uh, and a lot of instruments actually sounds good backwards unless drums uh, the drum sound backwards is uh, is kind of shy because it goes like <laughs> it's uh, it destroys yeah. the backwards guitars i love backwards guitars <laughs> and, uh, so, <laughs> so the b side of this record is like uh, it's like probably for most people, and I hope actually for most people, it's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I actually have it sometimes. Like when I when I listen to the B signs, like oh my fucking god, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is so terrible. Yeah, but uh, but sometimes it just hits the brain, my brain wave when I'm actually ready to listen to stuff backwards. And then it yeah. makes so much sense in my head, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Alien from Maryland. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> so what? The translation to that is the eggs from Ireland. The English yeah. translation. The eggs. Did you say the eggs? 
No, 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 the, uh, the, the Elks. Um, oh, the Elks. The Elks from Bamland, yeah. yeah. Okay, that, that makes more sense, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Elks from Bamland. That would also make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Probably even more. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, cool, man. And so, Sven, I mean, your love for music and your yeah, your passion for it, I think, is probably one of the reasons why your underground label has got people from all over the world buying from it. Because that that kind of the way you talk about music and your love for it, it's infectious. You know, I mean, it's an an energy in itself that spreads out. You know, so it's no surprise that you've got a solid little underground thing going on and people from China buying your records. I don't think we've even got any Chinese people buying Nod records. Um, I'd love it oh, if they I did. I think so. Nod is fucking great. Uh, we I've followed people for like uh, more than 10 years now. So uh, of course yeah. you have people in China listening to Nod. Fucking hope so. I'd love to go and play China. That would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh, my my lovely wife Cecilia, she's there. She she's travelled around China. And she's taken some amazing photographs and video footage of yeah, just like Chinese life in in small towns where they're like you know do karaoke on the streets and like that's how their form of entertainment. Like just doing karaoke and fashion walks and yeah. just dancing in the square. Imagine getting to go and tour there and 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 see just just to travel around there. But anyway, you know it's a it's a pipe dream. We probably get to go and play China before we ever play America. To be honest, <laughs> you know what I mean. Can't see that happening. But yeah, so spend. So you've got a release coming out. Just for any listeners that would be interested. So you've got your release coming out hopefully before Christmas. And will will we be able to share? Uh, have we got some way we can share that? I've, I'll post the link when we put this website live, so that people can click on it and go and buy the record, or check out the uh, label. Yeah, no, really, I have put uh, the uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the dudes in uh, in the band has made uh, some kind of a of of a video with a photograph that he cut uh, where he cut and glued together photographs from the, from the session and uh, that clips from uh, five of the tracks and they are on uh, i think i put them on the on the spa facebook uh, page okay that, that's the closest you can come to uh, wow so that's that's all you've got as a facebook page you don't have like a youtube channel or anything where you share the music on youtube or no no, no. it's very it's very i'm i'm really really uh, bad at all this uh, um you know, EDP. <laughs> Come on, you do it on purpose, man. That's why you it's all on purpose. You're like, you fuckers, if you want to find this music, you're going to have to fucking... Yeah, and there's also a charm, right? There's also a charm. <laughs> if, you really wanna, if you really want to listen to this, I've had, uh, you know, I've, I've never... Uh, most of the alien uh, records uh, were actually sold to people that have never listened to anything from this record. I didn't know what it was, so it's... Uh, Wow. So when uh, when people come home and then they put this record on, I have like yes. <laughs> yeah, amazing, amazing. Still got that's that's just something that's still happening in this day and age. I like it. 
you know, to not be all over the internet and still be selling records and have people interested. It's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, man, I mean, is there anything that you would like to to cover while we're here chatting? Is there anything you you want to say? Anything you want to say to your fans out there, Sven? Because you've got lots of fans, mate. Come on, everybody that meets you is a fan of yours. <laughs> well, well, no, actually, actually not. You know, I had like a, um, mainly. I'm just looking forward. You know, I'm I'm sitting in Melbourne right now, and uh, I'm actually just looking forward to coming back to the to the forest here in a few days uh, with our with our furry daughter with a Nina. You know, and then. Uh, so I can go walks in the forest and uh, yeah, and, and leaving the city a little bit again. I've been in the city now for two weeks again, and uh, I miss the forest a little bit. Yeah. How did yeah, you, you how, do. how did you come to live in the forest? How did you come to get the house in the forest? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we uh, well, I, I've been uh, I've been mainly uh, borrowing houses from friends here in Sweden for for a while and uh, or for a couple of years, or maybe for five years or so, and then I started to look for my own house, and uh, yeah, and then I met and uh, uh, I met Anna, my partner, and uh, and we together we bought a house uh, I think four years ago, and we uh, we do a lot of repairs on it and. Uh, and uh, yeah, we have quite a big. Uh, it's it's half a hectare. We have five thousand five hundred square meters of forest oh, and yeah. uh, and garden and stuff. And uh, and now we have an outdoor bathtub. And uh, yeah, we uh, we just want to make the house a little bit more uh, livable. And then we and then I think I'm going to live there in about. I think in a year, two years, I'm mainly I'm gonna. I'm mainly gonna live there. I'm gonna move wow. from Copenhagen. Cool man. Where's where's your nearest shop then? How close is your nearest shop to this? Because <laughs> I, I couldn't live without a 24 hour garage or something. Oh my god, that's such a fucking Manchester question. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's actually not so. We are by car. You can uh, you can be uh, in a, the nearest town is uh, like. 10 15 kilometers from there 10 kilometers right. okay so in uh, so within uh, i think in in the summertime when the weather is good and the roads are clear then you can be uh, in the nearest shop uh, in the nearest big supermarket uh, like in 20 minutes or so 25 minutes oh right okay that's not so bad yeah so yeah, it's, Chris, not, you, it's not totally and where's yeah. your who's your nearest neighbor what who's your nearest neighbor yeah, my nearest neighbor is a uh, well. Well, when in the summertime uh, we don't see the houses, right? Because yeah. then, uh, then there are too many leaves on the trees and stuff, you know. So yeah. when it's when it's green out there, then we don't see our neighbors. In the winter time, we see them. Ah, right. So it's not that remote. Yeah, but, they, but 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 we cannot hear each other. I can I can blast as loud as loud as I want, you know. And uh, and I always wanted a house where I can uh, go around. Uh, uh, bare ass around my house without <laughs> uh, without I get any complaints about yeah. seeing a weird naked dude running around, you know. So, uh, and this is I can do this out there, you know. Cool. So, uh, oh, right. nice man, living the dreams, man. Good stuff and inspiration, saw, to, inspiration to us all out there. What 
Do you have a sauna or anything like no, that? No, we don't have a sauna. We just have a, the outdoor bathtub and uh, and then we we, we uh, one, one of our small. We have a lot of smaller projects there. We also want to have a little sweat hut, you know. Nice. It's very easy to build a sweat hut. Uh, yeah. So uh, and a little maybe my uh, uh, my partner Anna. She always wanted uh, a yurt. Nice. Uh, you are these are Mongolian tents. Yeah, we know them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. know them. So, oh, so yeah. maybe so. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, uh, maybe at one point we also have a yurt in the in our part of the forest, and also uh, yeah. So let's see. It's, uh... Cool. Yeah, nice man. Yeah, I'd like to do that. In my little woodland in Ireland. I have a, a little yurt. I've been look. I've been looking at some. Swedish bell tents. Um, there's a Swedish company who do these pretty cool tents. They're kind of like very fancy military style tents, you know, very waterproof, very, very good. And you can have a fire in them. They come with like a stove and a fire. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was thinking of maybe in the future having one of those in Ireland where I can be, if I'm in Ireland in the summertime, I can just go and pitch it up in my little woodland that I have here with my little baby woodland and then i don't know it's somewhere for three or four months of the year to be you know yeah i don't know i don't know what it would be like in the winter but in the in the spring and summer it'd be perfect yeah. perfect it's, it's always nice to get out of the city for sure yeah yeah and I'm, I'm looking i'm looking i'm actually i'm mostly looking forward to to living uh with the uh, with, with with all the with all the times with the natural times of year, you know, when the fall yeah. is, then you do this and this and this. When winter is, you yeah. do this and this. When spring comes, you when summer is, then and then suddenly then you prepare again, you know. So you get into this mode of uh, living with nature. It's, uh, yeah. When you're in an apartment in Copenhagen, and I love Copenhagen, but it's like now I've lived uh, in Copenhagen for 25 years, and now. And and you know when you when you have an apartment, it's always it's almost always the same degrees in the apartment, you know, and it's always the same like environment is thingy. And uh, I'm looking forward to to living uh, like uh, yeah, living like uh, it, it sounds maybe a little bit hippieish, but like in park with the nature, you know, like uh, okay, now I'm a part of this thingy again. And uh, I I agree, man. It's really it's really good. To, when I first moved back to Ireland and I started to work the land and I started to yeah be more in tune with the seasons and I was living very rural out in the middle of nowhere and the you really start to notice just the, the lights, how the changes in the light and the just like the incremental changes every day of light or things growing or things dying. Yeah, and it's, yeah. uh, it's really... Yeah, it is hippieish to say, but it's a good thing to say because it's like it's very grounding, you know. It really sort of it's, it calms you down. It calmed me down for sure. Anyway, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It also calms me down, and I like. Uh, and I'm getting better, better at forging and finding stuff in the forest that I can use for something, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there are so many mushrooms, and uh, and just this uh, this way of. Uh, Thinking with the whole symbiosis of the of the mycelium and the trees, how they work together, and uh, all this new knowledge that has been uh, that has uh, come during the last I don't know 10, 15 years for me. That, that's uh, 
and just get into this uh, into this natural vibe that when you walk in the forest you step on so much mycelium and so much life and so much connection with uh, with these trees and just uh, fucking just sit down on uh, in in the forest and just be a part of the forest for half an hour you know uh, without anybody sees you or maybe just the birds or the animals or the trees or the it's just uh, I love this mindset and do some breathing out there and uh, some cold bath and it's uh, I, I I need that for after my uh, you know I've been uh, for the for the twenty five years that I've been working as a physiotherapist it's uh, it was in a in a commune and it was all this uh, always this uh, um, yeah I don't know it's a uh, I always like to be a physiotherapist, um, but uh, but in the in the last ten years, all this documentation has been taken overhand. You know, it's a it has been it, it it became more and more of a writing what you do with the patient instead of being together with the patients or the people that you have to treat. You know, yeah. And I just missed. Uh, I just I just lost the interest in the end. I couldn't. Uh, I was not happy in the end of being uh, as working. Uh, mm. uh, in a, in, a, in, a, in a communal uh, system where I have to fucking document uh, every little fart I do, you know? So it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was... Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting out in the forest, uh, getting a little bit out of the system in the forest and just chill a little bit more, you know? Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, I hope you have a good yes, one. Brother. Yes, yeah. brother. Yeah, I fucking would love to come and visit you out there one day, man. Go and sit in that forest. So, oh yeah, yeah. But we talked about when uh, the next time you you come to Sweden, and uh, because we we also wanted to go by the uh, what's his name, uh, the, oh, uh, the uh, player Cliff. of Metallica. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Cliff Burton, yeah. Chris, do you know this? I meant I forgot to tell you this, Chris. Go on. The the place where Cliff Burton died in the bus accident. Yeah, <laughs> it's um you can there's it's like uh, it's in Sweden somewhere and there's like a monument you can go and stop. We probably drove past it a few times, but we didn't oh, know. Wow. wow. Yeah. Whereabouts? Yeah, it's, the way, it's between it's between Malmo and Stockholm, so oh, you have yeah. to pass by there. Yeah. Oh, no, right, okay. Yeah. So is it near where you live? No, not near, but it's uh on the yeah, way uh, on the way from Malmo. Yeah, it's away from Melbourne. It's towards Stockholm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Next time, next time we'll yeah. vi we'll visit. You can get your photograph taken with your two fuzzwars. <laughs> My two broken fuzzwars. <laughs> yeah. Ne next time you come to Sweden, you come in the forest and visit us there. Yeah, yeah but I might sure. never leave. That's the problem, Spanny. I'm fucking. I might. I might get lost in the forest. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> turn into a fucking. Yeah, we turn we into always a find home. We always find home. Man. <laughs> well brother it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you man and I, I think we covered I really I wanted um, we're probably going to be the biggest bit of publicity you've ever had for your your uh, your uh, record label here so don't be surprised if you get like a million uh, Chinese people trying to buy one of your records <laughs> but uh, yuppie <laughs> <laughs> but it's been an absolute yeah, well, pleasure it was, also, it was a pleasure also from my side it was nice to yeah. see you
Yeah, I love you to pieces then. So, um, you know, and we'll be in touch, innit? We're all, always staying in touch, so. Of course, of course. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, thanks for this evening, and uh, we talk soon again. You will, yeah. Say hello to Anna for us, will you? I will do that. Yeah, and, uh, thank greetings you. Greetings to all the, your dears and friends, and uh, yeah. Nice to yeah. Okay. Yes, man. Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, brother. Ciao. <laughs>